Well, welcome to Fermented Faith. I'm here with Chad, and we're just going to have a conversation. Um, so our, our thing here at Fermented Faith is to talk about the everyday things of life and the impact that the gospel has on them. And we want to get to doing some more regular podcasts. And, and so after this last weekend's sun, uh, sermon, this is Tuesday when we're recording this, and uh, even that night, you were like, hey, I got some thoughts and, and just continuation from the sermon. And then um, as we sit here on Tuesday morning, there's the information about a leaked document from the Supreme Court um, seeming to point to a likely overturn of Roe v. Wade, um, which is relevant to what we were already going to talk about. So we're just going to have a conversation. We don't have uh, uh, you, much of a plan. We're just going to bring you guys into kind of our processing and um, and leaning in as we talk about, okay, there is wisdom and there, there is good, mm-hmm. right? Solomon says so. It's good. There's gain in wisdom. Absolutely. It's better, you know, better than being a fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like having a light on versus not. And so it's really practical. It's better. Uh, but it's not ultimate. And we're called to something beyond that. And, and how do we how do we rightly balance that, live in that world? And as it relates to uh, the everyday things of life, which, you know, you get into, like, we want to try to push beyond just, you know, what we know is spiritual and thinking about it. Like, okay, how do we really push in? I think that's the point of Ecclesiastes is teaching us how to live while we're here. And it can be hard to separate all that out. So anyway, yeah, you had thoughts, man. So I'm just going to let you kind of guide the conversation and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll chime in and we'll, we'll just kind of have a conversation. But you had some thoughts just from the sermon, right? Sure. Uh, about extensions and further yeah. applications. and Yeah. So like, first of all, if you haven't listened to the sermon, go and listen to the sermon because all of it is going to tie back into that. But one of the things that that you were talking about is Solomon as the preacher speaking to um, applying wisdom for the sake of his kingdom, right? He's trying to to make things better um, for the people that that he's ruling over. And ultimately, he he comes back and, and realizes, like, that is good, but it, it's ultimately vanity if if that's right. everything that that we're trying to base, right. you know, this kingdom on. It didn't. It, it can't. You can't straighten what's crooked, and, it's, and you can't count what's lacking. Is the conclusion right. he comes to. Yep. And so, um, as I'm sitting there listening, I'm I'm scribble, scribbling furiously in some notes, but I just had the the thought, in like, I hope that I'm in the minority when I say this, but I, I'm ashamed to say this. Like I've had more political conversations mm. with unbelievers than I have gospel conversations. So, you know, when, when something comes up, something's in the news, like they, they kind of get your blood boiling stuff. That's just hot topic. Right. Like it's real easy to to talk about that. And like, Hey, this law is stupid. Here's how I'd fix this. Yeah. And I can have all these conversations, but, like, how many times am I really having a gospel conversation with that? And I think, like, hey, in my own wisdom, like, here's how we fix this. But ultimately, Solomon tells us, like, you can try. Right. But if that's your hope, like, you're lost. Speaking of, yeah, and, and kind of speaking of legislation and, and politics in general, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, so just to be clear, I mean, it's not that those things don't have a purpose. I mean, God mm-hmm. put them there, right? But right. God doesn't have any false pretense about what they're going to accomplish. They're not going to. They're not going to usher in His kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there was a, a. As you read the Gospels, there's a, a consistent 
um, pull by the crowds for Jesus to be a political leader. Mm-hmm. They want him to bring a kingdom of this world and material. They want him to overthrow Rome. Right. right. Like, that's yeah. what they're getting at. Like, yeah. hey, make let's make him king. Like he evades, like he actually mm-hmm. like evades the crowds multiple times because they're trying to make him king. Um, and, and so there, there's always that, like, it, it's natural. Like these things do matter. Right. They're not insignificant. Right. But they're not ultimate. Mm-hmm. And, and and Jesus displays that by saying, I'm I'm not here to make a kingdom of this world. Right? He's got a sight set far beyond that, but that's hard for us to track with because it's still, mm-hmm. like, yeah, but right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can carry that tension. Obviously, that tension carries over into our day, and, mm-hmm. and we can acknowledge the church and, and understand our eternity, which mm-hmm. is part of Ecclesiastes' point. It's like, you got to think beyond this life if you want to know how to live this life. Otherwise, you're going to try to get something out of this life that it can't give you. Mm-hmm. Knowing what it, Knowing that, then it'll help you learn how to live. And so... Um, I think we as Christians, obviously, it's easy to think, yeah, yeah, I I get it. I know the gospel matters. I know Mm -hmm. eternity matters. But, like, right now, let's talk about this governor election or let's talk Mm -hmm. about this. I think there's a lot to that. One, I guess I want to ask, why is it easier? And I think think we can flip it. I think it's – we can just acknowledge it. But then I I think it's – at the point of our conversation is not to – is, is not to lead people to never have those conversations. Correct. But how can we go beyond that? But why is it easier to talk about legislation or politics than it is the kingdom? I mean, I, I would say, like, we're, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. But if we're, we're honest with ourselves, like, what we see is easy to deal with. Sure. Um, but I think, too... Like there, there's a satanic lullaby over our culture, right? Mm-hmm. That if if Satan can get us off of our gospel mission, however he can do that, yeah. like it's so much easier for us to get distracted by those things. Again, not that they're insignificant, but if he can get us talking and discussing about those things yeah. instead of the gospel message... Like he's won in, in right. and not even really had to do anything all that tough. Yeah, he he's used our our good intentions against us. I'm I'm sure Screw Tape Letters addresses this, right? Have you read that? I haven't. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But I'm, I'm sure if you don't know, Screw Tape Letters is written by C.S. Lewis from the perspective of a of a young demon who's mm-hmm. being mentored and trained by an older demon, and 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 he writes it in an effort to expose the enemy's tactics and this is the sort of stuff he pulls back the curtain mm-hmm. on or attempts to obviously it, he's he's taking some liberties with scripture but i think it's helpful right and that's what you're saying is like yeah uh he doesn't care how he gets us off mission as mm-hmm. long as we're off as long as our eyes are off jesus right that's a win for the enemy yeah i think that's true yeah and there's not as you know you know paul says in romans 1 16 i'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God and salvation, right, for Jews and Gentiles. But he has to say that for a reason, because well, a lot of times we're ashamed of the gospel. Right. Right? Like there's a... It, it, it's different. We're not ashamed to talk about our politics. We're not ashamed to talk about, especially amongst like-minded people. Right. But there is there is a, 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 a temptation to be ashamed of, of the gospel and, and and to be, you know, get your eye, you know, get 
I rolled or, or you know whatever but um yeah well maybe let's let's talk about this how can we go beyond that like how can we use those things those conversations not that we have to shut them out and be the weirdo that won't ever have conversations with people but can we can we flip them can we like use those as platforms to point to the kingdom and if so, how? I know we didn't talk about this. I'm just, throw, <laughs> I'm just throwing this at you, but this is how my mind is, is working. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we have to realize that those those conversations, those opportunities, um, they're, they're God-ordained for us to be able to share the gospel. Yeah. Um, we don't want to um, avoid those opportunities or let them pass. Um, something that, that we're going over with the students in Philippians. In chapter 1, Paul talks about how his circumstances, which he is in prison unjustly, mm-hmm. um, he rejoices over that because that's allowed the gospel to spread to places that wouldn't have yeah. been able to happen. And, you know, he gets to preach to the whole imperial guard. Yeah. And they all know that, like, this guy's here because yeah. he's preaching the gospel. And so... Like, do we look at these these situations that that we're in with with unbelievers? You know, when um, these opportunities come up, do do we view them as opportunities to share the gospel and and have that intentional conversation? Yeah, yeah, that's good and right. So, carry on with the thoughts that you had because I kind of I kind of distracted us. But I mean, you had a particular stream of thought just about like, okay, how do we? How do we keep thinking about our own personal, you know, not, I think one of the things you said to me, it was striking. It's like, it's too often we read the scripture, we put ourselves in the, in the position of the righteous or of sure. the, the hero or whatever, when it really probably needs to be reversed the majority of the time. Like, right. We're not the wise usually, we're usually find ourselves in the, yeah. the fool here. I mean, we're, we're here, we're, we're in church, we're listening to the sermon, we're engaging, um, and, and we have a very real temptation to see ourselves as, as the wise because mm-hmm. we're here. We're trying to get it. We're right. We're we're following the truth, yeah. right? Right. Um, we're on the narrow path. Like we're, we're on the yeah. Na- yeah, absolutely. You know, we're not like the Pharisees. Like we're we right. know what the truth is, but in actuality, I think sometimes we miss that boat and like no, if we really look at the fruit of our lives. Yeah. Like, man, I know that that I'm foolish more often than I would like to admit. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like then? I mean, if we'd really drill down, I mean, are we, I don't know. Um, what does it look like to be the fool, even though we don't think we are like to be the church, be in the church, but actually still be living foolishly rather than wisely. Um, can you, what's some example? Like, how might that play out? I guess. I think in the in this sort of scenario, where you you can have so many politically oriented conversations, to come in and say, like, hey, if we're able to pass this law, if we're able to get this changed, or we're able to elect this particular candidate, like, mm. that's going to make everything better, right? And yeah. so we put our hope. In that, knowing, not realizing that the only thing that's ultimately going to change people 
change their hearts is the work of Jesus. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't want to get away from relying fully on on him. Right. Um, but it, it's it's so easy to think like oh if we if we could just do this one thing then that would take care of it okay so let's just go let's go there then yeah because the the one thing that that I think has had the most unity and most Christians have prayed for for years now mm-hmm. um, has been this abortion bill Roe v Wade like mm-hmm. we have all prayed I, I would have, I, not I shouldn't say we all, like so many Christians have have labored in prayer. That this would be overturned for fifty years, yeah, and and, that, and I don't. That is right. Yeah, like, just let me just absolutely. Let me, like we're going to talk about the further implications, but I don't mean to say that that's insignificant. I am in that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm one hundred percent pro life and preach about it at least once a year and wherever else it comes up in scripture, and mm-hmm. um, and so that's good and right. But I think this is a good example of like okay, that that we should hope for that legislation. Mm-hmm. Now we've got to face the reality of what is that going to mean and how does that actually um, impact our, our life and what does it do to kingdom work? I mean, I've been, I've been saying for years, like we have to live out our pro-life stance. We can't mm-hmm. just be pro-life in rhetoric or at the polls. Not to say that we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. We should be, but it has to go beyond that because the reality is right now, you and I are both foster parents. And we know that that system is overrun, mm-hmm. and there are kids that need home. There's not enough homes, just right. simply put. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't like not every kid who doesn't get aborted ends up in foster care. It's not a one to one, but there is a correlation of like, okay, if if that's true right now with Roe v. Wade mm-hmm. in effect and abortions fairly readily available. What's that going to mean when they're illegal and presumably at least a lot more babies get born? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's going to be more moms that mm-hmm. need help. That's going to be more kids that are likely born into hard situations that may end up in the in the system. Um, and if the church doesn't show up there, it's just a different type of loss. Right. Not to say it's still better that those children were born, mm-hmm. for sure. But we need to deal with the fact that this is going to actually just bring a, a different sort of. So the point is, the law doesn't change people's hearts. I, I mean, Correct. that's kind of, and and there's still a huge sin issue and a huge perpetual issue. And then there's some practical implications we can get to in a minute about our state that mm-hmm. that I think are going to be hard questions and and things we're going to have to talk through. But I mean, I I would just say that like we can't stop with the Supreme Court's decision. Like once it's release should that that hold the should way that it, the way that it does and it, it's released in June but like that decision isn't going to fix unplanned pregnancies right it's not going to fix broken families yeah um there will still be a lack of value in human life yep. across the board and like come June yeah churches won't be full of all these new people that right oh Abortion's now illegal. Let, Let me, me go to, to church, church. Yeah. right? That that's yeah. not going to happen, and we're mistaken if we think that those things right. will happen. And I I don't think that we we're not naive enough to think that that will happen. But at the same time, if we, we get to we don't get we don't do a good job of acknowledging that those realities will still exist right. even after 
right. the law is overturned. We can get too singularly focused. Yes. There's a lot of reasons for that. It's mm-hmm. hugely important. Yes. It is an issue of life. There are a lot of secondarily secondary mm-hmm. issues that also are legislated and that Christians should care about. Mm-hmm. I do think this should be the big E on the I chart. I don't fault anybody for being right. a single issue voter for you. It, it it was worthy of all of that, mm-hmm. but it, it it is it is important that we think beyond it and go okay now what mm-hmm. because uh, that's such a good way to put it. Like once that if that law is overturned, it, it doesn't mean there's no more broken homes and, mm-hmm. and unplanned pregnancies that's i think that's exactly what solomon was was getting at i mean right. I, I i made a comment on sunday like i think we would all love to have solomon as our political leader mm-hmm. he was wise yeah right like we would love that <laughs> like that's a it's a low bar like if it just somebody had some we would all vote sense. for him. absolutely i mean <laughs> i think he he would do a lot of uniting from the right and the left because he had just wisdom mm-hmm. right that was his that was primary characteristic for him and so you know so you can assume he he tried to lead israel well i think he even alludes to that but nonetheless he ends up going ah, i can't straighten out what's crooked like mm-hmm. i can't count what's lacking humanity I, the other thing you said there's still a, la- a lack of value of human life that takes different forms over the right. years but as he said earlier in chapter one there's nothing new under the sun Mm-mm. And so, yeah, it's still going to be there, and we as Christians need to be asking ourselves beyond that, what you know, what would the Lord have us to do? What what is our role beyond the voter booth? Not to minimize that, but I just mm-hmm. don't think we get to stop there, right? And and so, again, we can come back to some other conversations about about this, but I think it's okay that this kind of hijacks it. So, uh, if we if we flesh that out a little bit further, we realize okay, Roe v. Wade is uh, is a federal. Mm-hmm. Law and so if it's overturned, it actually just then allows the states to make their own mm-hmm. law. And so we live in a state that is seemingly hell bent on being the most liberal, uh, particularly around this issue, right? The second most liberal in the country mm-hmm. to California, generally speaking. But it, it seems like we're trying to even take. It seems like there's an agenda to be the most liberal. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even explicitly stated. I don't follow politics a ton, but I feel like maybe it's even been explicitly stated. Like we want to be. I don't know. And by we, I'm, I'm saying our our political leaders. But so that okay. So that has some real on the ground impacts for us. Um, first of which is actually what this is probably going to mean is the number of abortions that happen in Illinois are probably going to go up. Probably because we're going to be a destination state for. Abortions. What that means is like we're going to see clinics pop up. I, in fact, uh, I had a somewhat unrelated meeting at, at our local pregnancy center a couple of weeks ago about a ministry that we're we're getting ready to launch um, in partnership with them. And uh, and that's one thing she said. She's like, if this happens, it's actually only going to increase the mm-hmm. traffic to Illinois because you're going to see more and more abortion clinics pop up along our borders mm-hmm. because all of our neighboring states are more conservative leaning and will likely, mm-hmm. you know, outlaw it. And so you're going to have people traveling in from Missouri, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. And again, because the change in law the, does not change the heart yeah. of the people. Yeah. So that's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And in our tax dollars, I mean, there's just a lot to that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things we're going to have to think through and, um, and, and may lead, may 
practically lead some people to leave the state. Mm-hmm. And it would be hard to fault him for that. But then there's this tension of like, okay, but is that is that not where the church is most needed? You know, where the darkness is, you know, like, so there's a tension there. And not to put that on everybody, but there's certainly like, okay, like the church should exist to to step into the darkness with the light. Right. And so that, you know, that's a, that's an interesting thing to think through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot to that, but, but nonetheless, I think that's going to be true. Um, and then, you know, across the world, there are going to be babies born into hard situations where the, where the church has a real opportunity to step in. And that's when you get some real kingdom work happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's kingdom work to, to, that's been happening even with Roe v. Wade in place. But I think there's obviously now if more baby, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, man. There's a lot to this conversation. I was having breakfast with some pastors this morning. We we're talking about this very thing, and there. I mean, I don't know. I think there's there's a lot of talk about social issues and social justice, and and there's right justified concern mm-hmm. about Christians going too far with those things and progressive, you know, progressive Christianity. It's not a thing. <laughs> shouldn't be <laughs> uh but you know it, there there are some concerns about that culture and, and wokeness and it just means different things like what what do you what do you mean like some some people might call me woke because i will talk about racism being wrong right or poverty mattering or mm-hmm. caring for children like to some people well that's not preaching the gospel so they they would criticize that um, other people, you know, because I'm saying abortion is wrong, would call me, uh, you know, uh, fundamentalist. Yeah. So I take some solace in being getting hit from both sides. I feel like that's where Jesus lived. He got hit <laughs> from both sides. So I feel like I'm, uh, you know, trying to at least stay close to him. But, um, but, but nonetheless, like the, the point is, okay, we're not wrong to be concerned about. Like we don't want to hijack the gospel to do social work, but the scripture really clear that the gospel has huge social implications, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity for us to be light. Like it, we don't get to just be a Christian in pretense only. Mm-hmm. The prophets call that out all the time. Like so, we're gonna have some hard questions to answer. Like okay, we got the if if. It's a big victory, and it mm-hmm. is. We should rightly celebrate if Roe v. Wade gets under overturned. But now we're gonna go. Okay, now what? Are we mm-hmm. gonna step into? Are we gonna step into the mess? Are we gonna show up uh, and really be pro life and live it out? And you know, show up to pregnancy centers, and show up to foster care, show up to adopt, show up to do all these things. Walk with mentors, mm-hmm. single mamas, you know, dads that are scared. All of those things mm-hmm. are, are real opportunities. So, are we gonna do those things? So, anyway. That that brings us back. I mean, that 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 highlights a really, really, obviously popular or not popular, but like a a huge pressure point for our culture. That is probably why it got leaked, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't know, but probably one of the liberal justices clerks. I don't know, wanting to get ahead of this thing, or I don't know. So it's it's this huge pressure point, but it puts us back to this tension of like, okay, how do we, how much hope do we put in government, right? And how do we, like, engage rightly with expectations of what it can, what it can help, what it what it can't, 
And how do we ourselves remain kingdom minded? Um, I don't know. So it's kind of trying to bring us back to the original conversation, but there's there's layers and connected to mm-hmm. all of it. But well, I, I think it's important for us to remember, and like I need the reminder, like as excited as we are that this is happening, like we need to remember there there are going to be people on the opposite end of the spectrum that are going to be just as upset. Mm, yeah. And so... It's going to divide you, our country again. Right. And, and they're going to be passionate about it. They're going to um, want to have conversations, discussions about it. And, you know, as we engage those people, I, I think it's safe to say most of those people will be unbelievers. But before we dismiss them as being stupid or I can't right. believe they don't see the value of life. Like, we need to remember, like, Paul told us in Romans, like, the law is powerless mm. to change hearts. Mm. Um, he says in, in chapter 8, Speaking verse 6. Speaking even of the law of God there. Yeah, like the, the law of God. Not, no, yeah. We're not even talking about civic law. We're right. Just, he's, yeah. And, and we know the law of God is perfect. Yeah. Right? Right. But even... Um, in, in verse 6 in chapter 8, he says, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. So as we have conversations with people, we need to remember, like, these people are not going to understand where we're coming from. Right. Because they can't. And they can't because they don't have Jesus. Right. And so as we engage with them, it's, I don't want to just write those people off as being, y'all are wrong, and y'all just need to get with it and understand that this baby is is valuable. They're not going to do that without Jesus. And if I lose sight of that, like, when is that person ever going to hear the gospel again? Yep. So I think, I mean, that's so good. And I think to, to maybe like, press that even a little bit further i think a question or a thing to keep in mind keep in mind and a question to ask ourselves is where do we where do we get our values because this is where it gets tricky where christianity does get conflated with politics and Mm -hmm. usually with conservative politics um and christian national and here's why because some of those values do overlap Mm-hmm. Life, right, it does overlap. Like the value of human life, it is has been predominantly associated with the Republican Party, and so Christians should also, right. But but the point I'm getting at is like, okay, to tag on to your point is, okay, where do we where do we get those values? Now, we need to answer those questions because some of those values are just given to us by our family and mm-hmm. our demographic and our education and whatever, but we need to press beyond that and below that and go, we should be getting our values primarily from our identity in Christ and then Mm -hmm. his word, right? So we let that shape us and be our close-handed non-negotiables, and Mm -hmm. then we interpret the world through that lens. So we're reading, you know, we're reading the world's news through the lens of the Bible rather than reading our values of Republican, Democrat, this candidate, that candidate, this issue, that issue into the Bible. We want to make sure the Bible's informing us primarily. And so, okay, so that's just a helpful, like, from a philosophical standpoint, where do we get that? 
And then as you're interacting with those people, that that's true because Jesus has given us a new heart. Right. So we don't expect we don't expect to get there with them through a debate mm-hmm. about issues. We should primarily want to worry about their heart, right? Mm-hmm. And talk about the gospel. And then, you know, and then do that. On the flip side of that, you can take some shared values with people and and use that as an opportunity to talk about the gospel. Right. Right. So we're in the foster care world. We partner like we end up having conversations through restore, through the other world. Like caseworkers, other people that value life in a way that we do and value caring for these kiddos that are born. So we can take those shared values and leverage them into conversations about mm-hmm. the kingdom and how Jesus, you know, Jesus has done, he's loved us this way. So we're trying to step in and love those kiddos this way. And and so you got to look at it from both like, okay, when there, where there are shared values, you want to still leverage those toward the kingdom. And then mm-hmm. where there are um, conflicting values, you don't start, you know, like you want to leverage the kingdom and not to, not, you know, leverage the kingdom and let him change their values rather than mm-hmm. trying to just beat them over their head with your ideology of, of values. I don't know that. I talked myself in a circle. I'm not sure how clear no, that was. I, so. I've, I think if you have a conversation with somebody and you're able to get them to go from pro-choice to pro-life. Yeah. But if their heart isn't regenerated, mm-hmm. that's still a loss. Yep. Right? I want to yep. be more concerned about their heart, about their salvation. If yep. I can convince them to be pro-life in the process, yep. like that's a, that's that's a bonus. A sure, sure. But we can't just make it a, a pro-life, pro-choice thing yep. because... It's got to be, we got to focus on their heart. Yeah. And to really be pro-life isn't going to happen unless Jesus regenerates their heart. Yeah. And you can use that conversation to Mm -hmm. ask probing questions and really get to the heart issues. But but you're right. And and the same thing is true. Like, obviously, people that know me know I care deeply about foster care. And Mm -hmm. they may not know that as much about you, but that's part of how we know each other through that world. But it, we have to acknowledge that even if we got all the kids in safe homes and good, like it's back to what does it gain to gain the whole world but lose your soul? Right. Like if if that's not ultimately kingdom work that's gaining souls, is it helpful? Yeah, they're still gaining it. Right. <laughs> it's, it's it's the wisdom thing. Solomon's like, it's better to be wise than to be a fool. It's better to live with integrity than not. But it's only it only goes so far because we all end up at at death, mm-hmm. and so. That that's that's important for us as Christians to be the defining thing about us, whether we're talking to people that are like minded with these values or not. I think it's so helpful to remember and and to think about that and and to think about like, yeah, I think God cares about Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to think that He actually cares more about His church. Right, that's His plan A. Isn't that wild to think about? I mean, it's so profound. Man, but that's where he put his money. Like he, mm-hmm. he has, he is under no false pretense about what America is going to accomplish. He's using America for his glory, right? It's a great country. Glad I live in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But, but like, it's not the chosen people of God, like the church is. Mm-hmm. So, man, that perspective informs a lot of what we do. And you can play out that same conversation you just had about pro life. You can play out about a hundred other social issues, right? Right. Gay marriage, like LGBTQ community, like. Yeah, ultimately, we you know we believe God's design for the home is is 
is good. Not not just right, but good. Good. Mm-hmm. But same thing you said, like. We don't. We can't start there and think that that's where we're going to change hearts and minds. We, we have to present the gospel. The gospel is the power. Like mm-hmm. Paul's not ashamed of the gospel because it has the power mm-hmm. more so than the law. Like that's kind of the p- point of Romans, or like the, a big thesis of the Romans right. is the yeah. gospel has the power to do what the law could not. The law, even being you know um, God's law, not the civic law. So man, that's just really helpful perspective for us to keep in mind as we engage with all of these things. Um, what do you think if people are listening to this or are, are they more confused or have they have been helped at all? Like, uh, we've just wrestled on air, like, you know, on air, it's not radio, but you know, we've just wrestled live with, with our own thoughts around some really important issues. But I mean, I, I just know that I, I need the reminder and I need the accountability because we're going to have these conversations. We're going to mm. be brought face to face with people that, that don't agree with this ruling. And if I let that opportunity pass by to, to speak life into someone, like shame on me. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I need that constant reminder to know, like, be ready. We, ha- we have the gospel, we have life, and, and that supersedes everything that, that a government, yeah. that a president, Supreme Court, anything could do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, yeah, and remembering that, man, God values those, like, humans. Like, it, like mm-hmm. it's just, that's what that's what he has the power to change, and, like, that's where he really flexes far beyond legislation, you know? And I was convicted, frankly, a little bit of confession here. Um, I didn't love how I presented a couple things on Sunday, and one of those was the, the thing about the Michigan kid. Like, I, I think I was, just to be fair, I, like, it, it, it's a it's a it's an argument that I like to make, uh, mm-hmm. and and it's a little bit funny because it's it exposes it's absurd. The, yeah, it exposes the absurdity. <laughs> but I always try to couple those conversations um, about sexuality. So, for context, for some who might not have heard the sermon but are listening to this, it's uh, in trying to apply Solomon's logic of like you're not gonna you're not gonna fix humanity through good laws and wisdom and information. Our problem is not having wrong information. Our problem is having sinful hearts. And so I pointed out a couple of those like asinine things that our culture mm-hmm. has, has used or, or attempted to make, you know, I think their motives are make the world better. Right. But it's just faulty. And, and one of the things I was, was the gender, you know, um, issue. And so I pointed out this case that you had shared with me about Michigan, University of Michigan, right? What giving their students the opportunity to choose their pronoun? Yeah, they, they could enter it in their student system, and then you know, staff, faculty could see that, yeah. and then address these students by their preferred pronouns. Yeah. So one one kid decides to challenge that and put in his Majesty as his preferred pronoun, which I think is is funny uh, because I'm assuming that kid was just trying to expose the absurdity of the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I pointed that out, like. Yeah, and he won. He won the legal case. Well, of course he did because they've opened the. Do- there's no justice there. You, you're mm-hmm. trying, but there's no logic. It, it, it's just a chasing after the wind. Like right. you, 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 you might gain this with this group of people or in this way, but you, you lose. It, it's just slipping through right. their fingers. You can watch the world try, and see it. It's happening so fast right now. The the women's sports. I mean, or the the transgender. Yeah, the transgender. Like you can just see it slipping through because with with allowing trans women 
I guess. I, I get confused on that. I'm not even trying to be funny. Men, biological men to compete in women, women's sports. You're now regressing all of the, what you what what many of the same people or the people with the same agenda have worked so hard for years to gain for women mm-hmm. in sports. That's that's what Solomon's saying. It's just going to slip through your fingers. Mm-hmm. You think you think you got it, and it's like grasping the wind or the vapor, like chasing the wind. We would laugh at somebody chasing the wind. Mm-hmm. That's a funny picture. Like try to chase it and capture it. You can't. You know, like that's that's kind of the point. It's a really windy day. We'll we'll go out and demonstrate. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> take some video. <laughs> anyway, the, well, I started saying all of that because there, I, I usually try to have those conversations in such a way that I think we as a church need to be attuned. There, there are people that are hurting mm-hmm. around the issue of sexuality, and are really confused. And I don't want to make li- I don't want them to be the brunt of our jokes. I don't think that's helpful. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I, I I drifted there a little bit. So for those that listen, I, I'm, I'm apologizing and. Um, not, not that I think, you know, I'm certainly not trying to, some people hear that, oh, he's moving to affirming. No, I'm not. It's just, I always try to cop, couple that with like, hey, this is humanity. And these are people that ultimately have souls and hearts mm-hmm. that need to be changed. It's not about like this legislation stuff. That's when we're operating in ideologies. Right. We as kingdom people need to be operating in hearts and soul, yeah. you know, I mean, conversations. And so there are broken people that, that need the gospel. That's what they need. Right. And so it, I usually try to couple that, and I didn't Sunday. I kind of let the joke be the the punch, or the, the primary, and, and I feel bad about that. So Well, I, you know, it, again, it's important to remember that probably no one's opinions changed because that kid at Michigan won right. his challenge. You know, they're not saying, okay, let's go back to the traditional pronouns because of right. that, right? They're the people that, that still struggle with that, they're still hurting regardless of the outcome of that. And, yeah. and the people that made the laws still got yeah, mm-hmm. sinful hearts. Yeah. And so, how do we, like you said, how, how do we speak into that? How do yeah. we love on those people? Again, not that we're affirming their ideology. Yeah. But they're not going to find the healing that they crave yeah. outside of Jesus. So maybe we'll link to this, but I think this takes me back. I think one of the most helpful tools I've seen in a few years is the evangelistic tool called Three Circles. And I've never been a big evangelistic tool. There's so many acronyms and mm-hmm. whatever, and that kind of, a lot of them are gag-worthy to me. But if they, if, they allow, if they empower people to share the gospel, then praise God, right? right. But, I, but what I do love about that tool, and if you're not familiar with it, the idea is that they, they try to... Uh, help people start conversations around what's broken mm-hmm. and just acknowledging, man, I feel that too, right? This is my own summation of it, but I feel that brokenness too. Um, can I share with you? And then, and then you try to like relate, but then go, can I share with you what, what's brought me hope? What's, what's mm-hmm. changed me? And so you acknowledge the brokenness and that that exists because of sin, right? And then that, that, that allows you then to have a gospel conversation. Like the brokenness doesn't exist. Like it's because of sin and, it wasn't the reason we are struggling with this because it's not supposed to be this way. Right. So then they say, okay, the reason we feel this is because God made this world good, but our sin is what broke it. And God does care about that. And that's why he sent Jesus to come and repair what's broken. And so that's a really oversimplified, but it's kind of the gist of it. It's like finding ways to take these, these conversations that are so prevalent in everyday world we're talking about really weighty stuff mm-hmm. of abortion and, and sexuality. It doesn't even have to be that. It can be like how much work stinks, right? Like it can be just like how home life is hard. 
and turning them into gospel, gospel conversations. So and we'll try to we'll put a link in the in description to that because I think it's a helpful tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the only tool, but I just think even if you just get that perspective of like, okay, conversations about brokenness can allow me a common ground starting point mm-hmm. to begin to have gospel conversations, and I think that's where the Lord wants His people to be primarily focusing. Doesn't mean you don't like. We got elections coming up. You should care. You should. You should use your vote wisely. It's better than not, right? right. These laws are better than not. Like so, that doesn't mean they don't matter. They they aren't inconsequential, as you said, but they're not ultimate. And so, um, I think he 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 wants us thinking about those things at least as much, probably a lot more than mm-hmm. than the, the civic stuff. So, is that fair? Is that kind of? What else you got? I know you had the you had a, a list of, of thoughts, so I know we we added in the abortion thing just this morning. No, I, I mean, I do think it's I think it's God's providence that that it came in mm. in this series that we're looking at with yeah. Ecclesiastes, and, and you know we have a perfect opportunity, a perfect platform to advance the gospel. Yeah, like we're we're going to have opportunities to to talk with people on the opposite side of the fence. Yeah. And man, let's let's seize that. Yep, for sure. Cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for leading out in this, and um, I'm sure it won't be the last time we'll talk about it. But thanks for your time today. And um, if you guys, especially if you're journey folks, but you can reach out to us. Um, I think info at fermentedfaith.com. Uh, you can find our email on on the website thejourneyaside.org. But if you got stuff you want us to cover, reach out. That's that's always more helpful. That's what we want to talk about. Is what's helpful for you guys. But um, we'll. Uh, See you next time.